On the 23rd of March 2020, the UK was among the last of the European countries to impose a nationwide lockdown. These lockdowns across Europe saw a number of spillover effects, resisting arrests, riots, protests, vandalism and assaults, just to name a few. Caught in the middle of this situation are the various police forces whose duty it is to enforce the law. Hi, I'm Matt Pratton. I'm the Senior Regional Analyst for Europe here at Intelligence Fusion, and this is The Insight. In this episode, I'm going to provide analysis on the state of policing across Europe, with a particular focus on policing since the lockdowns were imposed across Europe. Before I get into that, though, if you like our content, please click like, share and subscribe in order to stay up to date with our work. Current scope. Before the lockdowns, our monitoring of Europe regularly featured incidents of various crimes and protests. These threats were particularly difficult for police to handle due to a multitude of factors. The imposition of lockdowns then required police to actually widen their focus on who they targeted in order to enforce government policies and legislation. As the lockdowns continued and even with indications of them now being eased, our monitoring has revealed similar effects and threats to what was detailed in prior analysis for businesses across Europe. Those threats being activism and extremist threats, COVID-19 regulations, and organised crime. But there's also some impacts on police morale I'm going to add, uh, going to cover as well. Activism and extremism. Broadly speaking, both left and right-wing extremists are two sides of the same coin. Their rhetoric differs, but they both have a, well, a hostility towards police, capitalism and other elements or institutions of Western civilization. Here's how I could best summarize these threats before and after the lockdowns, starting with left-wing extremism. These are the likes of Antifa, Extinction Rebellion, BLM, and various others whose grievances focus on, say, climate change, racism, and a variety of other issues falling under banners such as social justice. Before the lockdowns, their activities consisted largely of vandalism, arson, and protests and riots. Since the lockdowns, these activities haven't just begun to escalate and attract larger numbers, but we've noticed tactics and rhetoric that are very similar to what has been occurring in the USA following the death of George Floyd in May 2020. Specifically, these uh, riots based on claims of racism by police. Now, across the continent, we've come across riots which follow a similar pattern to the riots attributed to BLM and Antifa in the USA, where claims of racism by police in places such as Cardiff, London, Bristol, Scarbeck, Liege and Paris have seen violent riots occur in large public places and or police stations. Recent riots linked to Antifa in Bristol as well have actually had similarities to what has been noticed in Portland and Seattle, specifically where they used a case where they used College Green as a staging area and then from there, once they had enough numbers, they advanced to the nearby police station and attacked it. Now, the intent was to have multiple incidents on the same location to force police to withdraw from the area, which would effectively surrender the terrain to them which they then allows them to establish autonomous zones. Now, to date, we haven't seen autonomous zones emerge at the moment, but that would mainly suggest a lack of capability and intent at this time. But in these riots, officers are frequently injured and property, both public and private, is often vandalised, looted or completely destroyed. 
As for right-wing extremism, these are groups that fit the category of, well, they're limit, include but not, uh, not limited to ultra-nationalist groups, football hooligans, and neo-Nazi groups. Common themes that these groups will focus on are mass immigration issues, anti-Semitism, and a lack of patriotism and loyalty to European heritage by state institutions. Many of their activities and tactics have been much harder to track than left-wing extremists through open-source information largely due to significant monitoring by police and security agencies. But we have come across incidents similar to what left-wing extremists engage in, such as arson and, and vandalism. While they do not have the same freedom of action as left-wing extremists, their activities still emerge in various incidents relating to organised crime activity. For example, in December 2020, Spain's Guardia Seville arrested three suspects in southern Spain on drug and weapons trafficking charges. Now, among the various firearms, ammunition and explosives they seized, they also came across a large cache of Nazi memorabilia. And even more recently, uh, police uh, shut down a weapons factory in Santa Cruz de Tenerife, where a group was using a 3D printer to manufacture weapons parts. But during the seizures, the police also came across a cache of neo-Nazi material. A similar incidents like this have occurred in Italy, where uh, there's been quite a few in Germany, and even incidents as far east as Moscow, Russia. Since the lockdowns, though, one aspect of reporting on right-wing groups has changed as a result of the reaction towards these lockdowns, which brings me to the next part of this briefing. COVID-19 regulations. COVID-19 regulations have added to the already significant problems faced by police. The numerous lockdowns and regulations imposed by governments across Europe have led to widespread business closures and job losses, as well as destruction of individual freedoms and a growing list of spillover effects from those. As the lockdowns and regulations have continued, people across Europe small business owners especially, have resorted to openly defying the regulations due to being, well, simply unable to comply with them as complying with these regulations would actually mean them going out of business and effectively losing everything. And this is manifested in various instances of businesses simply reopening or staging a growing number of anti-lockdown protests. Individual citizens have also begun to become more hostile as well. Uh, instances of resisting arrest, attacking police, uh, police stations or government buildings when being subject to COVID-19 regulations. Now, recent examples of this behaviour have been seen in Belgium, the Netherlands and Switzerland, where people, uh, youths especially, have simply decided to defy any lockdowns and fight with police when COVID-19 regulations have been enforced. Before the lockdowns, these people would usually be law-abiding citizens or actually be, you know, be working and would, in most cases, be quite supportive of police. The anti-lockdown protests are an issue which has seen interesting developments. The protests by business owners and citizens calling for the lockdowns and regulations to cease have often drawn the attention of both left and right-wing extremists. In Italy, for example, there's been various anti-lockdown protests by business owners which have seen left and right-wing extremists actually turn up to these protests and begin to clash with police, with the business owners being caught in the crossfire as a result. 
Now, the most recent example of this would be the Io Apro protests, which occurred at Piazza Montecitorio in Rome on the 6th of April 2021. Now, this particular protest descended into a riot, but reporting on that incident indicated that amongst the crowd of business owners wanting to uh, have lockdowns uh, ended and be allowed to reopen their businesses and work were members of a group known as Casa Pound Italia. Now, this group is regarded as uh, right-wing extremists. Now, reporting indicates that these members were among the crowd and were responsible for the protests becoming a riot. Since then, Io Apro protests have been banned or subject to significant police monitoring, which results in the Io Apro movement's grievances being uh, ignored or denigrated by both police and, and uh, government authorities. In Germany and Austria, the various anti-lockdown protests by the Quidenkin movement have also seen uh, uh, some, uh, some uh, reactions as well. Likes of Antifa have made efforts to counter-protest or occupy the protest locations in order to deny Quidenkin protests from occurring. Right-wing extremists have taken a different approach. Groups such as Hogesa, De Dreitweg and the Nordic Resistance Movement have been attending the protests and most cases have been mixing with the anti-lockdown protest protesters in what appears to be recruitment efforts. There's also fringe elements and conspiracy theorists who have been attending these protests in order to make their voices heard and such as what we covered in a previous podcast on anti-vaxxers and 5G conspiracy theorists. When considering the attendance of uh, these extremist groups along with various conspiracy theorists, the anti-lockdown protests are very often depicted as those fringe elements or extremists by the media uh, by media reporting rather than people who want to be able to essentially go about their daily lives and make an honest living. With the attendance of these groups anti-lockdown protests, it results in increased tensions, which, uh, with the protests becoming a riot, which police then have to go and quell, and the business owners and anti-lockdown protesters get caught, uh, becoming a sort of human shield. So those simply wanting to protest against lockdowns and regulations get caught between right police and extremists stoking the tensions. Further attempts by business owners and citizens to protest are subsequently banned, which sees increased hostility towards police by those who would usually be law-abiding citizens and supporters of police officers. Organised crime. Analysis of organised crime would require an entire briefing of its own. However, a summary is needed in this case. To summarise the relevance of organised crime, well, these networks have enjoyed increased freedom of action, which we've noticed as far back as last year in a picture intelligence summary we published on this threat. Considering COVID, uh, this, uh, this situation, COVID-19 regulations have meant police can't dedicate as much time to pursuing organised crime networks, and these networks have taken advantage of the situation. For example, with the economic impacts of COVID-19, we've seen an increased amount of real estate for organised crime networks uh, for the purpose of creating marijuana plantations. There are indications that businesses which have been closed due to COVID-19 regulations have been used to set up these large plantations and one of such was actually uh, last year. It was found in a basement of a closed business close to the Bank of England. Additionally, 
Recent reporting in southern Italy has indicated that unemployed people were becoming more susceptible to engaging with organised crime networks through being paid to facilitate immigration fraud through creating false marriages. It has also been noticed that criminals being arrested would resort to spitting or coughing on officers or claiming to have COVID-19 when being arrested. These acts would mean police would have to adjust their tactics, techniques and procedures and officers would have to be constantly tested and self-isolate in order to avoid spreading the COVID-19 virus. Such force protection measures would see lesser numbers of police on the streets, effectively reducing their operational capability uh, at a time where police need large numbers in order to effectively enforce COVID-19 policies and legislation. Police morale. What hasn't been shown as clearly in all of the uh, in all of the above is the impact on police morale that this situation has had. Various open source reports on police in well the UK, Germany, France, Greece, and Northern Ireland indicates this is a significant problem. The CrimeReport.org recently pointed out that police attrition rates have been increasing dramatically over the years, with voluntary resignations increasing from just over 1,100 in March 2012 to just over 2,300 as of March 2020. Reporting from August 2019 on police in France indicates there's significant issues with officers committing suicide. Now, at the time of that report, the suicide rate among French police was 36% higher than the suicide rate of France's general population. Furthermore, those suicides actually outnumbered deaths in the line of duty. Now, with the increased burdens of COVID-19 legislation, it's possibly gotten worse. Reporting from 2015 on the Police Service of Northern Ireland indicated that from a survey of approximately 40% of personnel, 96% of those believed morale was low among the Police Service of Northern Ireland. There are a multitude of reasons for this. And many of these have existed before the lockdowns and have likely worsened since, such as increased work demands, budget cuts, increasing attacks on police officers by gangs and criminals, inadequate punishments by the courts, and a decreasing faith in uh, governments across the continent. These reported perceptions by police certainly have merit. Uh, By taking a look at incidents featuring attacks on police before the lockdowns, using 23rd of March 2020 as a reference point, on our platform, we can bring up just over 300 incidents from open source reports which feature assaults, rock-throwing protests, riots, small-arms fire and vehicle attacks, just to name a few. After 23rd of March 2020, we've come across uh, approximately, oh, correction, just over 1,400 incidents which include attacks on police. A contextual information from these reports indicates increased pressure on police officers from activists and extremists, the increasing unwilling, unwillingness from citizens to comply with COVID-19 regulations uh, due to the impact that those regulations have on their lives and livelihoods, and the ongoing threats posed by criminal elements. Among various pieces of contextual reporting, uh, there's a particular open source report we came across that sums up the impact on police morale quite effectively. It was a recent open letter of resignation by an experienced uh, police officer in the UK whose reasons for ending uh, their 20-year career included uh, public violence, abuse and spitting, having to constantly deal with the far left and far right, and a feeling of being undermined by parliament and in some cases even by a chain of command. Overall, the 
this situation for police looks as bad or possibly worse as what we were tracking last year uh, when we came across uh, the potential for the, the blue flu to occur amongst the New York Police Department on Independence Day back in 2020. Insights. Well, what insights can we draw from this situation? Well, for starters, police find themselves in an extremely difficult situation at this point in time. It appears they are becoming completely surrounded when it comes to lockdowns and the need for them to enforce them. But first of all, there's increased criminal freedom of action. Criminals enjoy increased freedom of action due to the impacts of COVID-19 regulations on police tactics, techniques and procedures. Officers can expect criminals they arrest to spit, cough or claim they have COVID-19 in order to force police to take necessary precautions. This has an almost immediate effect on operational capability as it removes frontline officers from duty uh, almost, well, almost immediately. And this may necessitate the need for police to adjust their tactics, techniques and procedures that anticipate these actions to ensure that operational capacity is not reduced too greatly. Then there's the economic impacts of COVID-19 as they are also creating increased opportunities for organised crime networks. These groups have had a significant amount of freedom of action even before the lockdowns were imposed, but police should be aware that they may see organised crime activity in places of previously low activity. For for instance, uh, like places such as the, the City of London with that uh, uh, marijuana plantation that, uh, that was discovered, uh, which suddenly has seen you know, empty buildings becoming, uh, well, ideal real estate for marijuana plantations and various other illicit activity that organised crime networks engage in. Now, this may require a different level of police presence and tactics than would usually be seen in these particular areas. And there's increased hostility to COVID-19 regulations enforcement. Now, severely enforcing COVID-19 regulations at anti-lockdown protests or in any other circumstance for that matter will likely generate increasingly hostile reactions from business, business owners and citizens. As time progresses and the effects of lockdowns worsen, business owners and citizens will become less supportive of police and more willing to resist arrest and engage in rioting at anti-lockdown protests. While police are required to enforce the law, uh, doing so in these situations can actually result in losing the confidence and support of law-abiding citizens. Uh, such a loss of confidence and support will likely see business owners and citizens more vulnerable to the likes of organised crime networks or worse, more vulnerable to being radicalised by left and right-wing extremist groups. Then there's the increased threat from left and right-wing extremists. Recent developments mean that there is an increasing potential for unrest and riots to occur, with indications that many of the tactics seen from Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests from the USA making their way uh, over here to Europe indicate that left-wing extremist groups in Europe, uh, well, police would need uh, should be vigilant for any attempts for them to establish autonomous zones at left-wing protests, starting with using uh, parks or large public spaces as staging areas for repeated attacks on police stations. Right-wing extremists, on the other hand, have been attending anti-lockdown protests uh, for what appears to be recruitment purposes. So while they currently do not have the same freedom of action which left-wing groups have, 
they could increase their numbers to the point where they begin to gain the freedom of action which left-wing extremists have and this poses a significant problem given some of the organized crime activity that we've come across on the platform. So protests attended by both these groups have also increasingly turned into riots which is something that the police should be pre- uh, should be prepared for uh, going forward. Well, that's all we have for the time uh, for the time being for the insight. Thanks for watching. Here at Intelligence Fusion, we find, monitor, and analyze incidents across the world from our 24-7 operations center. We use the intelligence cycle and military principles to provide actionable insight into the global security landscape. To take a closer look at the data behind our assessment, or to see how your business could benefit from a tailored intelligence feed, click on the link in the podcast description.